Hi, welcome to Lights, Camera, Author. I'm Jim Juno, and on August 16th, 1977, the world was shocked by this news. Good evening. Elvis Presley died today. He was 42. Apparently, it was a heart attack. He was found at his home in Memphis, not breathing. His road manager tried to revive him. He failed. A hospital tried to revive him. It failed. His doctor pronounced him dead at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Shelley Powers has a new book out. It's called Elvis Remembered. And these are intimate stories from people who actually knew the great entertainer. So, Shelley, welcome to Lights, Camera, Author. Hi, Jim. Thank you for having me. I've been really looking forward to this. Gonna oh, be thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Now, tell me, how did... How did you get to be an Elvis fan because let's face it now, he has his career started in 1955, uh, basic or 54, whatever that is almost 70 years ago. And I can tell by your video, you're nowhere near my age. So, <laughs> well, I, I, you know what? I'm not going to tell you my age, but I think most people know <laughs> anyway. Age is just a number, Jim. So, I'm sure you've heard that before. But no, it all stems back really to my parents. As I mentioned in my book, um, my mom was a huge Elvis fan. And um, when Elvis used to appear on the television, she would just go into this like dreamlike state. And the same with my dad, he used to sing Elvis songs in the bathroom, but he brought home um, an old record player and an Elvis vinyl. So Elvis got played in the house. And I was just completely hooked at the age of seven years old and my brothers too. Um, so we were all Elvis fans. So I was practically raised on Elvis. Um, my gran, my gran, my my nan and my great gran, we all lived in one um, little house in Northern England. And uh, later on in life, um, if an Elvis record came on, particularly one of my favorites, American trilogy, we had to just sit in silence while it played out. Um, she just loved that song. So there were, all through his his career, Elvis was a big part of our lives. So right from being very little, so that's how it all started. Well, and you, uh, if I remember correctly, you even married an Elvis tribute artist. I'm not going to say Elvis impersonator because that's not what they're known as. They're known as Elvis uh, tribute artists. Okay, yes, I did. Um, next. <laughs> <laughs> but I you did actually. Yes. Go now, ahead. Your first, well, let's talk about the book here, Elvis Remembered. Okay. Now, and it's published by Firefly Books, and it came out on September 30th. So if you're interested, you can go to Amazon, you can go to bn.com um, or amazon.co.uk in the UK. Uh, because we're talking, you're coming to us from, as we will say, across the pond. That's right. That's right. Your stateside. Yes. Now, um, your first interview was with Ed Bonja. And for those of you who do not know who Ed Bonja was, well, first off, all the interviews are with people who knew Elvis intimately, very close to him. Um, Ed Bonja was his personal photographer. That's for right. almost his entire career, wasn't it? Yeah, Ed was, um, you know, Ed was a very um, shy person. Um, he didn't, 
he didn't really spend a lot, even though he photographed Elvis throughout his career for up till the 70s, um, he kind of um, took a step back. He wasn't, um, he, he, he didn't like to intrude on Elvis. And in, in the book, it also mentions a certain picture of Elvis where he went to take a, a photo and Elvis kind of stood there and waited and said, you know, what are you doing? Take the picture. He always felt like he was intruding. But after that happened, he um, kind of came out of his shell a bit. But he got that position because of Tom Parker, um, because Tom Parker was um, Ed's uncle, if you like, not real uncle, but, you know, he used to call him uncle and his wife was called aunt. And um, Ed was Ed was a really lovely guy. And he didn't he didn't get the recognition, I think, that he deserved. And that was because of uh, Colonel Tom Parker. So, um, but yeah, I, I met Ed. I used to go to these Elvis conventions in Vegas because I was part of the an Elvis fan club, Elvis International. And um, the president had said to me, you know, Shelley, since you're out and about and you go to these uh, Elvis conventions, what have you, do you think you could get some interviews? And I hadn't really thought about it, but then I thought, you know what, this might actually be good for the fan club. So I used to go and I talked to some of the people like Cynthia, Ed, Darlene Tompkins, and I asked Ed, I said, would you be prepared to sit and talk to me about your experiences with Elvis all the time that you had? And, and he agreed. So it kind of went on from there. You know, Ed was the very first interview and, and it, it went so well. It was, it was really well received that the others just kind of followed and it, it went on from there. But um, yeah, he, he was lovely. He was really nice. And and I feel really sad when, when I think of Ed because, um, you know, if you read in the book, um, he got roped into the Colonel's gambling habits. And I remember him telling me that on the last night that he walked out, that Ed walked out, He'd lost, I think it was $12,000 at a roulette table. And Amazing. he was broke and depressed. And uh, and that was the end of his his career with Elvis. But an amazing photographer, a brilliant man. So, such a nice guy. Such you a know, nice, modest too. His, his images, the pictures he took are fantastic. But uh, yeah, was there was one picture and um, you... you probably know about this already but for those of you who don't there was a bit there was a picture and it's in the beginning of the book where it's a 1968 comeback special elvis mm -hmm. is in his iconic leather outfit and in the audience in the lower left hand corner there is a, a girl or a woman mm -hmm. in yellow there I don't, I don't, do you know the you know the lady i'm the person that, I, that i'm talking about uh, she's wearing yellow. She's got a yellow ribbon in her hair. Right. I guess I yeah. can recall that picture. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a young Cheryl Ladd. Oh, my goodness. And wasn't yeah. she in uh, yeah. Angels? Yeah, I she was She was in the front row. Oh, my and, gosh. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Because I know Patty Parry was there as well. Patty's seat yeah. at the front. Because that night, Elvis, was. he was very nervous. And, um, you know, uh, I think it was Joe Esposito, uh, or my, my, the colonel said, you know, go sit in it at the front near Elvis because he's very nervous. 
So, um, yeah, no, that that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, and yeah, this was before she became an actress, I believe. You know, and um, so, but yeah, she was. That's I found that out by looking at the uh, Internet Movie Database. I was like, oh yeah, I that's that woman. Okay. Um, now, Pat, you mentioned Patty Perry. She was the only, like you say, the only female member of the Memphis Mafia. That's right. Yeah. Patty, and, yes. Go ahead. And they, they, I think she, she met Elvis. I forgive me if I misstate, but it was it was Red West who introduced her to Elvis. Uh no, no, it didn't happen like that. So, do you mean how she actually first met Elvis? Yes. Uh huh. No, she met Elvis by chance when she was 17 years old. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and she was driving along with her friend. Um, and then this limousine pulls up um, and she looks in it and says, hey, there's Elvis Presley. Uh, let's pretend we don't know who he is. And so, you know, he they joked and he said, you know, pull over. And that was it. That was the first meeting with um elvis and from then on they became friends she he invited over to the house she went over and they were friends for 17 years well she met him when she was 17 but um yeah she she patty was fiercely protective of elvis you know she was a force to be reckoned with and uh one of his true friends i would say but um an amazing lady fantastic in fact i would say her interview was probably one of the the ones that i enjoyed the most i mean she, she was brilliant um she, she you know you didn't mess around with patty she had no filter you know she she told it how it was um very funny but you you didn't like i say you know you didn't want to get on the wrong side of patty either she uh she was certainly had a big personality and it loved like a, loved it her. seemed like the the entire group known as Memphis Mafia they were they were fiercely they were all fiercely protective of Elvis they were they were definitely it was like um like a circle of trust if you like it was um you know when you didn't break that trust um, you know, what went, I mean, they, these guys spent every single day with Elvis, you know, they went everywhere with him. And so, you know, he, he, they, it was very private. What, what went on in that circle was very private. And, um, you know, they all respected that, you know, they were like a family, if you like. And, uh, well, you know, we know that that, that trust was broken, unfortunately, um, but then, as uh, as P Patty told me during the interview, Elvis would have forgiven, and uh, she was talking to Charlie Hodge at the time. Elvis would have forgiven the people that were responsible for what happened, um, and he said, uh, "Yeah, but you know what? Elvis would not have forgotten." So, but See, we that's... can go over that. Um, when we talk about the the other people, the other members of the Memphis Mafia, but um, yeah, as I say, it, it was it was like one big family, and wherever Elvis was, they were. You know, Patty was very independent, um, so she had her own job. She was a hairdresser, and in the book, it says how uh, you know Elvis tried to pay her for cutting her hair, and she said, you know what, 
I don't want your money. You know, you're really good to me. You give me gifts. You know, you look after me. I'm not going to take your money. And she didn't. She was, she could have written a book. She, you know, she had so many stories to tell, but, you know, she would just loved Elvis, loved being with him. After work, she she, she would drive over. The, the guys there, would, Elvis would make sure that she was, you know, had a ride home, that she got home safely. Um, yeah, Patty, Elvis was a big, big part of Patty's life. And uh, she missed him every single day, every single day. There, were, there was some funny things, actually, that, that when I think about the interview with Patty, and, uh, you know, she'd say she had this gravelly voice, and so she goes, anybody that messes with Elvis, you know, I'll take their ass down. And uh, <laughs> she, she would say, I'll take them out. And and she was telling me about this um, this monkey. Elvis, you know, Elvis had a pet monkey. And this is in the book. Um, and I don't know if he trained this monkey to do things, but this monkey would um, go over to the girls and he'd run over and he'd pull their skirts up and, <laughs> and stuff like this. And so Patty was telling about this one particular time when this monkey came running towards her. So she pulled her fist back and she she punched that monkey and he went flying back and she said, Elvis laughed for about half an hour. And he just, when he laughed, he laughed. She said it was the funniest thing. But she she was tough. Patty was tough and she had to be because she, you know, she grew up with these, these uh, surrounded by guys and she had to become one of the guys. So I've got a big personality. I loved Patty. Was it Patty who said that uh, that if Linda, uh, not Linda, but Ginger Alden. Oh, yeah. That if Linda Thompson was still his girlfriend. Yes. She, he'd still be alive. Was yeah. that her? That was Patty that said that. I brought up, during the interview, I did bring up Ginger Alden. And uh, she would not acknowledge her. It was like, who? Who? Oh. I said, you know, did you, who? <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, no. She said, I don't, I don't know her. I don't care about her. I don't want to talk about her. Um, Patty's take on it was that if uh, Elvis had been, if she hadn't been with Ginger, then he would have, he would still be alive. I, I'm just telling you what Patty, that those Patty's thoughts. Um, Linda. Uh, as we know, was um, a, a, a lovely girlfriend. She looked after Elvis. She really genuinely cared about him. Um, and, you know, she was friends with Patty. Patty spoke very highly of uh, Linda. But when it comes to Ginger, didn't, yeah. want to, didn't want to talk about her. No. And, you know, I I mean, I don't know. I From some clippings that I've seen, my opinion uh, is that, you know, she was there for the ride. She was there um, to get on board and it was Elvis. And I don't think there was that genuine love. That's what I, that's what I feel from what I've learned from other people. We're talking about Ginger, Ginger Alden there. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the several people, uh, several people you've talked to have since left us also. They've also passed away. Yeah. And and it's sad um, because, well, but it's a passage of time. It's hard to believe. It's it's going to be, fit, well, it's already 56 years or 46 years, rather, 
46 years since Elvis Presley died. Um, do you are you surprised that he has survived his his legacy has survived this long? Not at all. No, no, not at all. And um, you know, and I think it will continue. I think his legacy will live on and on, way past us. Um, you know, this, this film that came out about Elvis, you know, that really helped as well because you know there are new fans, younger fans. Um, so yeah, he Elvis Presley was a very special, unique person. And as um, like um, Cynthia Pepper said, he was put on this earth for a reason. He was, there is nobody, nobody like Elvis. And he had everything, he had it all. Um, but the thing that I found out through these interviews about um, Elvis was that he always questioned why why him why was he you know why did people love him so much would they still remember him after he was gone and you know he stood the test of time uh it's incredible it's incredible that you know he's but but if you look at him and you compare him to people of today there there is nobody nobody that compares to elvis you know he did gospel rock and roll you know, he, he could sing soprano, his voice, the range, his charisma when he was on stage. He just, and yet he had this modesty about him as well. Uh, he was just an incredible human being. And no, it doesn't surprise me one bit, no. Although I wasn't around for the initial Elvis mania, so to speak, back mm -hmm. in the 50s. Yeah. The closest thing that I can compare it to modern day would probably be Taylor Swift. Yeah. Uh, because okay. er, because everything that every move that he made from from his beginning of his career back in the 50s up until his death in 1977 yeah. he could not go, he, he couldn't go places no. like you and I go. And it's just because a crowd of people would show up and it's like Taylor Swift. I mean if she goes out to eat and the word gets out, or to a fo American football game, all of a sudden, yeah. here's how to prepare for Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, I know. I know. So I, I see a parallel I, there. And it's true, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure she can relate to this, you know, um, Elvis Presley was a, a prisoner of his own fame, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't go, everything, they had to um, shut the theatres, if you want to go see a movie, it had to be when it was all closed up he couldn't he couldn't go anywhere you know they went from as patty was telling me they went from the show to the suite to the show back to the suite everything happened the parties happened in the suites that's where all the fun was because you know like you and i you know we can walk down the street and and we're fine um from a very from very early you know he he went from being a truck driver to an overnight success and um and you know he really did care about what his his uh, fans thought um he you know he loved he genuinely loved his fans he appreciated them he he knew that if it wasn't for them he wouldn't be wearing the clothes he wouldn't be that he was wearing he wouldn't be where he was they there was a part in the book um i can't remember who was it i think it might be larry gell actually that told me they were thinking about putting the price of the tickets up and uh, elvis said no you know we're not doing that to my fans you know it's, he didn't he, he really did 
love his fans and appreciate them and had plenty of time for them as well. So well, uh, let me ask you real quick. Uh, <clears throat> so many things have been written about Elvis Presley. Yeah. And um, I'm just wondering, you know, uh, now you interviewed a lot of the people who were closest to him. You mentioned uh, um, Sonny West. You mentioned that you weren't sure how to how to approach him. Right. Unfortunately, he's passed away also now, um, because he and his uh, and Red West and another another person of the Memphis Mafia, close close members, wrote a book when Elvis was alive. The last month. Excuse yeah, me, I'll one second. Yeah, and um, what happened is that, you know, you weren't sure how to approach him. Um, what would it be? So, but it turned out that, you know, he doesn't regret the, he didn't regret the book, but he also didn't feel it was, was it accurate? Right. Um, with Sonny, it's a really tricky one. It was a tricky one because when you meet Sonny West, you can't help but like him. You know, he was very likable. He's like a big old teddy bear. That's my opinion when I met Sonny. He was lovely. Um, and I genuinely believe Sonny really did love Elvis. You know, they go way back to when they, they used to go to the ice rinks together. And, you know, um, Sonny was his bodyguard, but he was his friend. And they spent a lot of time together. And yeah, you know, they had disagreements, what have you. Um, but I, I, yeah, right. I didn't, I wasn't sure how to, um, how I was going to approach this and this subject, but I can tell you that interviewing Sonny, I felt he was full of remorse. He did not want to, that to be his legacy. You know, that last, that he did not want that to be the end of his relationship, what he thought about Elvis Presley. So he wrote, he also wrote another book, um, did he do it out of spite um, because he was fired along with a few of the others? I don't know. I mean, the thing is they did, I think everybody did try to help Elvis with his, um, his addiction. Um, but I think, I think that probably they were, they were very, very bitter. Yeah. That they had been let go after having this, relationship this long-term relationship with Elvis and then suddenly Vernon had to tell them listen you're out of here um but I think also that it was it was blown up a little bit I think that they I, I can't remember now the, the guy that actually took over the book and said we're going to do this and do that with it um but you know I think it was it was more of a it was they didn't realize it was going to be such a scandal or so I was led to believe during the interview. Um, it was a tell-all book, it was a horrible book, and I, I don't really like talking about it. I haven't even read it, and I don't want to read it. But I, I do know that, um, from what I've learned, that Elvis was very worried about this book, um, and the timing was terrible, because yeah. you know he passed shortly afterwards. And during the interview with Patty, uh, yeah, she did lean in and whisper that she thought that book had a lot to do with 
his passing. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, Elvis was very poorly in the end as well. You have to remember he was of really ill health, but I think the stress of knowing that this book was going to come out um, and had been written by people that he had trusted uh, was just probably too much for him to to, to handle. Yeah, I'm not that, saying that that killed yeah. Elvis. What I'm saying is it didn't help him. It didn't help his, his state of mind. And you, uh, getting back to Sonny, when I interviewed Sonny, I found him to be a very warm, um, kind person who spoke very highly of Elvis. Every time I've met him, when I, when I met Sonny's wife after Elvis had died, you know, she said that she lost her husband for over a year. I think it, it really affected him. And I think there was a lot of guilt there as well. Definitely. I, you can, you can hear it in the words, his demeanor, everything. I think he did. He says that he didn't regret re writing that book, but I, I think he did. I could just, I could tell. One of your, one of the people you talked to, and this is something which, I, <clears throat> as we mentioned in the pre-interview, I had a personal connection to uh, Larry Geller, who yeah. was Elvis's uh, spirit. I want to say spiritual advisor and yeah. his yeah. and his hairdresser. Um, and and Larry Larry Geller has related relayed rather rather this story several times about how Elvis was in Louisville, Kentucky. That's where I'm from originally, and he um, he was not in the best of shape for yeah. a concert that he was going to give that night. Uh, Elvis Presley wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, matter of fact, he was. And I know the place where it happened. It was called the Executive Inn. Um, because the way it was laid out, like I told you, it was the airport, executive inn, and then the perform the venue, which was known as uh, Freedom Hall at the Kentucky Fair and Exposition Center. So this happened at the executive inn because that's where Elvis will always stay. And um, what happened is that he was in bed. He was he was sick as a dog. Yeah. Um, his he was being put under his head was being dunked in water just to keep keep him conscious. Uh, and Larry and Larry Geller came in and said, Colonel Parker said, the only thing that matters is that that man is on stage tonight. Um, that was no exaggeration. Larry still seems to uh, to have to be blaming himself a little bit, doesn't doesn't he? Larry blames himself for that? a little bit. A little bit. It, it came across that he blamed himself for not being more forceful with Colonel Parker. Um, you know, from. From talking to the, the people that I interviewed, you couldn't be forceful with Tom Parker. He was a big personality and uh, he was tough and relentless. But then some people say that he was brilliant. He was brilliant, a, a brilliant um, manager, you know. Um, but yeah, he, Colonel Tom Parker, as we all know, had this huge gambling habit. I think myself, what I've learned in the early days, he probably was good for Elvis, you know? And and I believe that Elvis would have been massive anyway, you know, even without Tom Parker. I mean, before, you know, before Tom Parker had come and, and discovered Elvis, he was already on his way. Um, but, you know, Tom Parker got him 
the contacts, got him the gigs, kind of held him back a little bit, you know, wanted people wanting more. So he was he was brilliant at that. And um, so, yeah, in some ways he was very good for Elvis. But I think when it came to Vegas, um, the Vegas years, the reason why Tom Parker, as Ed Bonjour said, wanted to be in Vegas because he had this huge gambling habit anyway. And, you know, that film that Baz did, you know, it was spot on. It was amazing. Um, it was just, it was outrageous how he, how he deceived Elvis, if you like. Um, and, you know, he would go and uh, Ed told me he would go and he would sit at a roulette table and would gamble $2 million a night. Yeah. $2 million a night. Uh, it's, it's incredible. And yeah, a, yeah. Elvis fed his gambling habit. You know, he used him as a cash cow. And I, I that is it. That is it in a nutshell. Um, and it's tragic. And no, and Larry, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, Jerry Schilling um, tried to um, help Elvis in the way that, you know, he wanted him to go on tour in Europe. And he, yeah. you know, he'd have arguments with Colonel. I mean, good for Jerry for trying to stand up to the Colonel, but the Colonel was a tough, a tough character and, and ruthless. That's what a lot of people don't don't realize is that yeah he was a ruthless um, individual. I'll, I'll be kind and say individual, you know, because like you said, yes, for at the beginning of Elvis's career, yeah, he he got him on TV, he got him the RCA contract, uh, he got you know he basically got him in front of people. Yeah, um, yeah, but, but he later, yeah, as well for for Elvis, you know. I mean, you know, Elvis wanted to do um, that movie with Barbara Streisand, Star is Born, you know, but, you know, um, the Colonel wanted him to headline, as we all know, and, um, you know, that didn't happen. There was other things that Elvis could have done that, you know, he wanted to do. He was brilliant. He was so way ahead of his time, as Patty Parry had said, you know, and, and Jerry Schilling. This man could have done anything. You know, he, he wanted, he was, he was, um, going to be doing his, he, he started a project about a karate movie a documentary and there were so many things that he he could have done but it's it's also um he was held back um that he was controlled and i did i feel through interviewing these people i learned that he wasn't allowed to to do everything he wanted to do i think he was he was as much as he loved going on stage and he did. He loved performing. He couldn't wait. After those movies, he couldn't wait to get back on stage. But I I feel that, you know, he was bored and he wanted to get out there and go to Europe. He had fans all over the world. But, you know, obviously, like in the movie, you know, he was spot on. He was held back. He wasn't allowed to to do the things that he, he, he wanted to do. And he was capable of anything. And... I just think in the end, it's so, it's heartbreaking. I think he almost gave up and, you know, succumbed to the wishes of Tom Parker and just, yeah. you know, he, he, he was lost. And, and yeah. I think he was quite lonely as well towards the end, yeah. Well, I tell you what, uh, Shelley Powers is the author and the book is Elvis Remembered. 
it, like we said, it's from Firefly Books, and it's out now. Um, Amazon.com, Amazon.co.uk in the in the UK, BN.com. You can find it anywhere. Go to your brick and mortar store and have them order it. Shelley, thank you for being on Lights Camera Office today. It's it's been lovely talking to you. And before I, I go, I want to say that you know we have talked about some of the never negative aspects of what happened in, in Elvis's life. But the thing is, there is so much, so much love that was shared in this book as well. You know, everybody that I interviewed um, just absolutely adored this guy. He was humble, he was modest, he was brilliant. And, um, you know, we had so much fun. Like with Myrna Smith, I sat on her bed and interviewed her. Um, Cynthia Pepper, Darlene Tompkins, Joe Spadito, they all, you know, they all had so many amazing things to say about Elvis. Um, and it, and, the, and this, it is sad. It's sad, it, the ending. Obviously, it's awful, and that's not how we want to remember him. We want to keep his memory alive through how brilliant he was. And Elvis did spend a lot of time laughing. He was a very happy person. So, you know, I don't want to end this on a, on a negative note. He perfectly was, understandable yeah. yeah absolutely but uh it's it's a beautiful book and i i really hope that the the readers enjoy it as much as i did interviewing these people i was so privileged and i'm very very grateful for that well i hope to have you back yes i'd love to yeah i'd love to talk to you again jim and um have you read the book yes it's, i have yeah I so, read it last night. Mm -hmm, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Did you like best? Which one really when, got to you? When he bought the woman the, the Cadillac, the, the woman who was outside the car dealership. And, uh, yeah. And um, she he came out and said, do you like the car? And she goes, that's a beautiful car. And But I could never afford this. So he goes back in and tells the dealer, give her the keys. Yeah. He bought the car for her. That's an example of his generosity. And that's the one thing as well that everybody, you know, says about Elvis. They all said the same thing. Because Elvis came from nothing. He had nothing, as we all know. And um, he loved to give. He loved to see the expressions on people's faces when he, when he gave them something. If he went shopping for himself, everybody else would get something. You know, he'd, he'd put his hands behind his back and say, pick a hand and there might be like a diamond ring there or a bracelet or something he just loved to give and that's that's who Elvis was you know he got joy from making other people happy he was he was something else he was kind and uh just a, a beautiful man an absolutely beautiful man inside and out and everybody mm -hmm. that I I spoke to has agreed that they were privileged to have have this person and to be in his life in some small capacity, whatever way, they were very, very lucky. Well, Shelley, again, thank you for being on Lights Camera Author. Okay, thank you. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs>